Yeah, I've been searching. I'm searching. Oh, yeah. Searching every which way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Searching. I'm searching. Searching every which way. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning into Sub Media Reviews. I'm Kiera, and I am stoked to review the amazing 1999 film, The Iron Giant. The movie features Vin Diesel as the Iron Giant, Eli Marienthal as Hogarth Hughes, Jennifer Aniston as Annie Hughes, and Christopher McDonald as Kent Mansley. This movie is one from my childhood that I fondly remember watching with my mother and siblings, so I've invited my mom to join me to review it today. Say hi, Mom. Hello, everyone. So prior to re-watching the movie for this review, I hadn't seen it for about 10 years. So I was happy to watch it again with a more mature mindset and to kind of like see it through new eyes. Me and my mom watched it together. It's actually one of her favorite movies. So I'm really happy to have her here joining us. I'm very happy to be here. Very thrilled. <laughs> Can't wait. Yes. Awesome. Well, here are some fun facts about the movie. The first fun fact is that the 1999 film is based on a 1968 novel, The Iron Man. The author of the novel, Ted Hughes, who bears the same name as the characters Annie and Hogarth Hughes, wrote the novel as a way of comforting his children after the suicide of their mother, Sylvia Plath. Now, as I was doing research, I looked into Sylvia and Ted's relationship and it's wrought with scandals and affairs and tragedies that are really like devastating and kind of dark. We all know what happened to Sylvia because she died pretty famously, but there's a lot more. Look into it if that's your thing, <laughs> like if you have time. In the original book, The Iron Man, aka The Iron Giant, they ended up having to change the name of the book in America so that it didn't interfere with Iron Man from the Marvel Universe. But in the book, the Iron Giant saves the world from a large dragon from outer space. The story is kind of crazy, but this movie was executively produced by Pete Townshend of The Who. Townshend also produced a concept album based on the same book as the film. So me and mom did like the wiki summary version of the Iron Giant book. It was quite different from the movie and had like a weird kind of fantastical element to it. It was very weird. What did you think about it? Yeah, it was like over the top a little bit. It was like very mystical and hard to follow actually. Cause it's like it went to yeah. a different realm and then came back to like reality. So it was weird. Not yeah. something I would watch yeah. or read. <laughs> 
yes, it's if you're in a fantasy, you should probably check it out. But the second fun film is, although the film received high praise from critics, it was deemed a box office failure, grossing only $23 million after a reported $70 million budget. The low earnings were partly due to the fact that the film had its nationwide debut on the same day as The Sixth Sense in 1999, which was August 6th of that year. So wow. that kind of overshadowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, overshadowed the movie. Yeah. According to the director, Brad Bird, in the documentary The Giant's Dream, Warner Brothers failed to promote the film until four months before the release, whereas the animated film Tarzan had teasers out one year in advance. So this could have also played a part. It seemed like it was kind of poorly promoted it was. and it came out the same day as The Sixth Sense. So if you have not watched this movie before, I encourage you to watch it. So yeah, to me, it does come across as one of those films that is feels like a low-key kind of movie, like only a certain number of people would know about it. It's not at the level of like a Disney or Pixar film. Right, but it was still great. So yeah. it'll always yeah. be one of my favorites. So <laughs> yes. Of course. And the final fun fact, Peter Cullen, Sean Connery, Frank Welker, and James Earl Jones were all considered to voice the role of the Iron Giant. But in the end, it went to Vin Diesel. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know why picturing Vin Diesel as a voice actor for the Iron Giant or for a group is just, that is mind boggling to me. Because when I think Vin Diesel, I think Fast and Furious. I don't think voice actor or, that's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that would maybe have been his debut because it took me years to even find out that it was him. And when I found out, I was floored. You know, right. and it's like, okay, well, I cannot unhear it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you know it's him, when you listen, you're like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the dude from Fast and Furious. Yeah, mm -hmm. Triple X. Yeah, yeah. you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to check out Iron Giant, you can watch it on Max as of the recording of this episode. Now, this is the part where we get into our personal connections to the film. Mom, can you share your personal connection and why you love this movie so much? Well, I think I love it because of my being an empath and I just feel the connection and the love between the boy and his iron friend, you know, mm -hmm. they taught each other a lot of things. Basically Hogarth taught robot things and Hogarth learned things from giant and they just were always having each other's back. I love that they shared to each other. So that's what draws me to the movie. You know, without giving too much of a detail right now. So, right. yeah, it's the love there, you know, the dedication to one another. Yeah, their bond really is pretty sweet. I think for me, this movie, like I said earlier, kind of feels like a deep cut. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people, like I said, it's not at the level of like popularity or like at society's mindset mm -hmm. when it comes to the children's movies. You know, when you think about that, you really focus on Disney and Pixar. So for me, there's something special about having a connection to this movie in particular because not everyone will have that same kind of connection mm -hmm. but i felt like the movie has more kind of serious things than a lot of like the other movies right. that kind of fly you know over younger kids heads but mm -hmm. i really liked this movie as a kid it had an endearing like intergalactic friendship at the focus <laughs> it has <laughs> right. like a kind of of mice and men situation going on too, where it's like, you know, this giant doesn't know his own strength mm -hmm. or like his own capabilities, right. which makes him like really endearing and he's almost childlike. Yes. And mm -hmm. me and my family really, you know, 
or us, we really bonded over it. This is one of the movies I feel like we watch pretty often together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I haven't seen it in about 10 years before we watched it together. But I will say it's not necessarily a happy-go-lucky movie that I can rewatch on a regular basis. It feels a little darker than like other child films or, you know, family films. I will say that the military aspect is really interesting for a child (laughs) film. And I feel like it's low-key kind of advanced Mm -hmm. for kids. And that maybe like an older kid would get it, maybe 10. 10 to 12 is like right. mm-hmm. where they start to grasp those types of elements. It's, exactly. And I was eight or nine when this movie came out. So yeah, I didn't grasp a lot everything. To, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to try to grasp at that age. And a lot of things right. I missed until we watched it together. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was telling mom that I thought that the robot was actually from Russia and not from outer space. There was just a lot of elements of the story that I just couldn't really remember. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are we low-key being conditioned to befriend technology or AI, you know, Uh (laughs) via these movies? Robots are your friend. Like, I don't know. But the villain in this movie, though, is so realistic to me. He doesn't have to have any magical powers. He's just a villain because he's a scared white man and he's a hater. Mm. And (laughs) to me, that is true to life. He is like, this is... The villain in this movie named Kent Mansley is somebody at your job. You know somebody <laughs> like this man. <laughs> this man is somebody that you work with. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a rat. Yes. I really like his character too. And for whatever reason, just his version of being a villain just comes across as like being really true to life. And there are even moments where you are sad for him a little bit. Yeah. That's so the impact. really... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So he's really well rounded out, which I feel like is like an exceptional part of this movie. But I'm really excited for us to get into our perspectives on this movie. So let's chat. Indeed. (laughs) So the movie opens with some foreboding music and we find out that it is 1967. There's a large object that's on fire and heading towards Earth from outer space quickly. It lands during a severe storm off the coast of Maine near the town of Rockwell, where a local fisherman is struggling to find his way. He's radioing whoever. I don't know who you radio in a storm. (laughs) Coast Guard or something. (laughs) (laughs) He radioing somebody. I don't know. And he's trying to give them their coordinates because he's looking for a lighthouse. And he sees what he thinks is a lighthouse, but it is actually a large metal robot that his boat crashes into. The fisherman somehow kind of makes it to a lighthouse and he survives the strange incident. So this is kind of the catalyst of the myth of this iron giant. Yeah, he saw it, but I don't know. In my mind, I think giant saved him. And put him on those rocks. I thought so too. Even though I, I didn't so really too. see that. That's just what was, right. I guess, insinuated, I guess. For me, that's what I, I thought. I thought so too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So it looks like it's maybe the next day. And we see a small boy riding through a small town that is Rockwell. The boy heads to a diner to talk to his mom about adopting a new pet squirrel. <laughs> Apparently he has a habit of adopting furry creatures. So his mom is a struggling single mother who's working as a waitress at that diner. And the boy's name is Hogarth. Mom, what do you think about that name? I think it's really old and <laughs> and just put together. I mean, I just... 
I didn't take the time to really look it up to see maybe what it meant. Maybe it means something. But yeah, it was kind of maybe grandfather-ish or something. Maybe I'm, she I'm put thinking it... like great grandfather-ish. <laughs> <laughs> she probably named him after her dad or something like that. But it's possible. I mean, I feel like even for 1957, it feels like an old name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because even Kent is like, what kind of name is Hogarth? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was just kind of weird. Didn't suit the little little fella. So no, it did not suit him. It didn't. Mm-mm. Right. Well, in the diner, we end up meeting a man who is like sleeping behind a newspaper. He's just appears to always kind of be tired. We don't know his name yet, but he's kind of a town outcast. We later find out that this man is a part of the beat generation. And those people were called beatniks. And they kind of had their own way of life. And I was like, I have heard the term beatnik, but never really knew what it meant Mm -hmm. but it's very interesting that they added this element to the story and it kind of explains why this man becomes who he is as a part of the iron giant story but anyways we see earl the fisherman from the boat talking about the alien robot that his boat crashed into and the locals at the diner think that earl is drunk (laughs) you know alcoholic or something who's imagining things Mm -hmm. even though the guy who was sleeping backs up his story and the guy who's sleeping his name turns out to be dean and dean is like you know who else is going to support the kooky people if not me if we don't right (laughs) so, so he's already coming across as like a different thinker than the rest of the people in the town Mm -hmm. so this was the first part of the movie where i was like "Hmm, this movie talks about alcoholism a little bit and i was like okay this is like one of the first times i'm thinking about and realizing that this movie may not really be for kids (laughs) for children yeah for a certain audience yeah yes Mm -hmm. right so The movie also makes a reference to war because at the time the Cold War was going on and it had been going on for about 10 years, which is another element of like, "Mm, I don't know if kids are going to understand this. But Dean, the sleepy guy, ends up freaking out because the pet squirrel, Hogarth kind (laughs) of loses track of him and the pet squirrel goes into Dean's pants, like up his pants (laughs) leg and ends up causing a ruckus in the diner. In the diner, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a, another instance of Hogarth's pets getting crazy. Apparently, he doesn't want a regular pet. Like, <laughs> he doesn't want a, a cat or a dog. Right. A squirrel, a <laughs> raccoon, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of comes back a little bit later. Yeah. Well, I had to say that I was impressed with Dean's, what is it? When he apologized in advance for what he had to do to let the squirrel out <laughs> in front of everybody. Yes. I said, well, that was very chivalrous i guess of her of him that's not the proper <laughs> word but respectful i guess mm-hmm. he apologized so he yeah, didn't just get up he, and, yeah. and cause a ruckus yeah mm-hmm. yeah he had to unzip his pants it looked like he was about to moon everybody but the he had to do that to let the squirrel out, squirrel out yep. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's later in the day now and hogarth's mom has to work late so hogarth stays up late eating junk food not listening to his mom's instructions about like get you a chicken tv dinner or whatever it was she told him to do and so he's staying up eating what looks like twinkies and whipped cream mm-hmm. he put whipped cream yeah. on twinkies it's inside it's already <laughs> it's already inside but mm-hmm. you know when you're a kid you have minimal supervision you just do what you, know. you do mm-hmm. right right <laughs> and so he's eating junk food watching cartoons these cartoons are actually like on the scarier side mm-hmm. but he hears something at his house and he goes to check it out especially since the tv had stopped working <laughs> And so he goes, 
<laughs> right, right. So he goes to the roof to see that the antenna is missing and there's like a large trail of footprints going away from his house. So he immediately thinks that it's an invasion from Mars nice. based on the cartoon that he was watching. And also like the beliefs from what's going on with the Cold War. Like there's a lot of paranoia going around. When Dean was asleep, there was a newspaper open that was talking about like Sputnik and, you know, people feeling Russians like they're being invading spied on and stuff. And, yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things along those lines. So there's all of the paranoia from the Cold War, as well mm-hmm. as like he's watching a Martian invasion cartoon. <laughs> the brain eating the scientists. <laughs> right. Right. So we also see a Red Menace comic book, which is kind of like war propaganda for kids. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like a lot of this movie has to do with historical context. And as a child, yeah. that went way over, right my- <laughs> over, went over my head too. I didn't pay yeah. any attention to that. Yeah. And it really mm-hmm. is like an important element of this story that mm-hmm. I was kind of seeing for the first time. But he goes out. He's armed with like a BB gun and a flashlight. And as he makes his way through the woods, he sees that something large has like come through and cleared a path in the woods, like mm-hmm. between the trees. So this thing has to be really big. So Mm -hmm. he hears a crackling noise and he sees a power plant that's kind of lighting up. And then behind him, we see the robot's eyes. And Mm -hmm. as the robot starts to approach the power plant, Hogarth runs and his gun ends up getting destroyed. And the robot begins eating part of the power plant. So this robot Mm -hmm. eats metal. Yeah. And unknowingly, he kind of gets electrocuted. And the giant is just really kind of stuck getting electrocuted. He's caught up in some power lines. And Hogarth is running and he's trying to get away, but he hears the kind of cries from the robot and he has compassion for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He turns around. Now, I don't know how people didn't hear all that noise. (laughs) Me either. The whole time. Nobody in the time. So loud. Right. Like that robot Mm -hmm. was so loud. But he goes to the major like off switch or the panel switch Mm -hmm. and he turns off the electricity, which ends up like kind of rescuing the robot from, you know, being electrocuted. Mm -hmm. So while the giant is kind of knocked out, he kind of climbs around (laughs) and looks at the robot. He like looks in his mouth and he's, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to figure out what is this huge you know, metal thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we see (laughs) the robot's eyes kind of light up again and Hogarth ends up almost getting hurt. Yeah, only after Hogarth threw a rock down his throat. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I wake up too. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So at this time, I also forgot to mention that during this power situation, the power in the whole town goes out and Hogarth's mom comes home. And so she can't find Hogarth in the dark. So she's freaking out and has to go find him. So his mom is in her truck riding around looking for him. And as the Iron Giant is kind of coming back to life, Hogarth is running away and he ends up running into his mom who is out looking for him. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, you cannot be running off like this and you need to stop telling crazy stories about 100 foot tall robots. (laughs) Because of course he's like, there was a giant metal man. He's about 100 feet tall. Tall. She's like, don't have time for this. I didn't know where you were. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. freaking out. Like, stop it with the stories. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So at school, the next day, the kids are watching a film about an impending atomic holocaust. Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I found out in my research that Hogarth is nine years old. However, we learned later in the story that he was skipped up a grade. So he would be, I think, about fifth grade. So here these like kind of fifth grade students are 
learning about an impending Holocaust, basically kind of living in fear mm -hmm. and figuring out like if something happens, like, what, what you, you have do? to do, Duck shelter cover, in place, right? Get under the yeah. desk and, you know, yeah, scary times, you know, right? Scary yeah. Times. I was like, okay, this is like kind of crazy. But Hogarth starts to argue with other kids in the class about what the fisherman's boat actually ran into because mm -hmm. Hogarth has been able to put two and two together. Right. Hogarth is describing the giant, but the other kids think that it's some kind of nuclear weapon that was sent to destroy them. And one of the kids even says like, whatever it is, we should bomb it. So this shows like the kind of importance it is and what we talk about around children and how they can adopt Mm -hmm. The same attitude as the adults right. around mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Okay. So later on, we see Dean. He is like a scrap metal guy or he runs a, a scrap metal yard and he is scrapping a tractor that has a huge bite in it. <laughs> and Earl is in the area and he said, I called the government to look into this weird, you know, UFO or whatever it was that my boat ran into. And the government ends up sending a guy or an agent named Kent Mansley. He is a part of the BUP, which stands for the Bureau of Unexplained Phenomena. He's a redheaded man in a suit and tie. And his mm -hmm. first task is checking out the power plant. He is very rude. Yeah. He comes arrogant. across as very arrogant and condescending. Mm -hmm. He's incredulous. And he really comes across as if he's like too big for this town. And he's basically at first kind of saying... These people in this small town in Maine are just crazy. I need to write a report and get out of here, you know, basically, mm -hmm. is his attitude. And so the foreman at the plant shows him a toy gun, and the toy gun is destroyed, but it has a name on it, but you can't read the full name. So mm -hmm. what it reads is Hog Hug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are That's what it says. Yeah. And so Kent is really eager to leave, but when he returns to his car, he realizes that half of it has been eaten. And then this mm -hmm. is when he realizes that, like, this is the real deal, because eventually, mm -hmm. like, the whole car gets eaten. So, <laughs> so he's like, okay, these people aren't crazy. There is actually something going on here. Mm -hmm. So it's the next day, and Hogarth is using, like, a sheet metal little tin roof situation <laughs> to kind of yeah. bait the robot so he can take a picture. picture but he, yeah. yeah, he's waiting for so long he misses his opportunity because he ends he up falling asleep. asleep. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right. So the giant ends up popping up behind him with the little tin piece of scrap metal or whatever and he runs scared. <laughs> he runs away like really scared right into a low hanging branch. So that looked like that hurt. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, poor baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the bloody but, nose. <laughs> right. Well, the robot mm -hmm. catches up with him and kind of sits with him on the ground and starts mimicking his movements. And then the robot has the shutoff switch from the power plant, and he recognizes that it was Hogarth who saved him. The saved other night. him. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the beginning of their kind of friendship. Friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so is like, "You saw me save you." Yeah. <laughs> it was so sweet. <laughs> yeah. And so he figures out that the robot came from outer space. And so he starts to teach him things like what a rock is or what a tree is. And he's excited to have a new pet robot. And so this brings <laughs> back the theme that he always, you know, wants some type of odd, weird pet that like is not mm -hmm. suitable. <laughs> so, 
Right. But can't go in the house, can't fit in the house or something. Right. Uh Right. So we see that the robot can kind of talk and he also has like a dent in his head. And so Hogarth is trying to figure out who can I tell about my new pet robot? Because you don't get a pet robot and not tell anybody. Uh So, I mean, even when people get robot vacuums, they talk about them. So (laughs) Right. I got to share this news. Right. I got to tell somebody. And he's Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, people are going to shoot it. (laughs) He has enough sense to know that people are not going to understand understand not gonna what an iron giant, giant. is mm-hmm. right especially during the cold war right exactly. so at the same time kent mansley is meeting up with the town leaders including the mayor to say this situation is more important than i thought it was we have mm-hmm. a little issue here but little hogarth has a problem because he needs to get home and he's having a language barrier issue so this <laughs> iron giant from <laughs> outer space is just learning english <laughs> Yeah. So (laughs) learning how to communicate on Earth. (laughs) Right. Right. So there really is like a big language barrier between them. Hogarth obviously wants the robot to stay in the woods where there's cover. Right. Mm -hmm. But the robot is following him home. So Hogarth (laughs) has to cross over a train track and he keeps trying to emphasize for the robot to stay there Mm -hmm. so that he can go home and he'll come back and get him. But as he's crossing a railroad track, the robot who eats metal starts to eat the track yeah. right and mm-hmm. so hogarth is like what are you doing you gotta put this back like mm-hmm. especially because now a train is coming yes and mm-hmm. so <laughs> this part is a little <laughs> bit funny to me because the robot understands that he needs to put the track back down but he's mm-hmm. a perfectionist in yes. this moment. He's, because hogarth is like it's like it's kind of crumpled but it's like good enough it's so good enough the, the yeah. train will be safe Mm-hmm. But no, the Iron Giant is making sure that it is perfectly aligned, mm-hmm. like he's putting mm-hmm. together Legos or something. Mm-hmm. It was really a interesting. Puzzle. Right. And right yes. as he's like really excited that he put it back together, the train hits him. <laughs> right in the face. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, they did Iron Giant wrong. Right. But they couldn't, couldn't help it. He was too close. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, he gets hit by the train. Fortunately, the Iron Giant is still alive and uses this kind of homing device that comes out of his head to get his parts to return to him. And so the parts, as they return to him, are moving. They're like beeping. They have little lights on them. And Mm -hmm. they are, you know, pulling him back together and repairing Mm -hmm. itself. It was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool so hogarth and the robot hightail it out of there and they have to hide the robot in the barn of the home that hogarth shares with his mom so the mayor ends up getting news that a train collided with a huge creature mm-hmm. and kent hears this and heads off to the scene in the mayor's car yeah but kent was rude he took their phone out of the woman's hand like she mm-hmm. was overhearing what she was saying i'm like how rude can you be The person wasn't talking to you. Right. (laughs) Right. And so when Kent arrives at the scene, he interviews the conductor who says he saw a giant metal man. And the closest phone to the area is actually at Hogarth's house, which you can is visible from the train tracks. So the robot ends up reassembling everything except for one of his hands. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) some hilarity ensues. So it's nighttime. Annie Hogarth's mom is home and it's time for them to say grace for dinner. (laughs) She gets Hogarth to say grace. She sees that the Iron Giant's hand is actually in the kitchen about to cause some mayhem. So he has to do this weirdly worded prayer (laughs) to try to communicate with the Lord and the hand at the same time. (laughs) And it's pretty funny. Yep. Let's see. What was he saying? He said, stop 
the devil from doing bad things to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was saying like, stop True. to the hand, mm-hmm. like to the hand. To try yeah. To, yeah. To try to avoid getting in trouble Mm -hmm. or causing ruckus in the house. In the kitchen, right. (laughs) Right. So finally, he kind of makes an excuse to leave the table so he can usher the large metal hand out of the house. They're headed to the front door, but then Kent shows up. (laughs) And so the hand kind of has to go off somewhere and hide. Kent is asking to use the phone so he can call his boss. And he announces that he works for the government. And he looks at Hogarth's mom's boobs (laughs) (laughs) and he asked to use their phone so basically Hogarth has to do a plan B to get the hand out of the house Mm -hmm. and so Mansley goes into the kitchen where the phone is to call his boss to tell him about the giant metal monster his boss is a general it's like you don't have any proof you don't Mm -hmm. have a picture you don't have a footprint you don't have anything I can't send resources to you if we can't substantiate that there's a huge metal monster you know (laughs) Mansley is saying he has a feeling he's like we can't send manpower on a feeling (laughs) right So. so his boss is basically saying, get some evidence and we'll send you some resources. But from this phone call, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that I had never caught before. The way that his boss is talking to him, it mm-hmm. seems like Mansley doesn't really get a lot of respect mm-hmm. from his peers, the other people that he works with. Right. Mm-hmm. And that he may have been assigned to the Bureau of Unexplained Phenomena to get him away from everybody else in the agency. <laughs> Because a lot of times, like, things that are unexplained actually turn out to be nothing or, mm-hmm. like, a hoax. So it's like, let's put him over here where he can't hurt anybody. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, we're, you know. Right. I feel like they might have made that bureau just for him. Just I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Get him out of here. That's Right. That's mm-hmm. how it comes across to me. But in this moment, I actually feel a little sad for him. Yeah. The boss hung up on him and... You know, yep, yep. Mansley wanted to say, when I prove this to you all, he said, what did he say? He wanted a carbon copy of the memo. Of he memo. wanted redistributed yep. and click. <laughs> yeah. Off the phone. In that moment, I was like, eh, I feel sad for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because we yeah. know he is telling the truth, you know, but nobody else knows. So. <laughs> right. But he obviously is very mad at this, but he leaves And the people whose house he's in actually introduce themselves. Annie is the mom. And then Hogarth is the boy. And as he's leaving, he's like, what kind of name is Hogarth? And then he looks at the BB gun that was left at the power plant and realizes that the hog hug is actually Hogarth Hughes that was written on the BB gun. So he goes back to the house to actually return the gun and ask if Hogarth saw anything at the power plant. Mm Mm-hmm. And so right as Hogarth is trying to figure out what to say next, the toilet flushes upstairs (laughs) in a house where there are no more people. (laughs) So (laughs) he ends up running up to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's the hand that's in there rolling the toilet paper on the floor and <laughs> playing around and with everything, exploring. <laughs> yes, just exploring in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so Annie, the mom, mentions to Kent that Hogarth is acting a little strange lately. He brought up something about a hundred foot robot the other night. Mm-hmm. And now Kent really has something to cling to because now he knows this kid was in the area at the power plant mm-hmm. and that he had mentioned a hundred foot robot before. Yeah. So Kent knows that this kid knows something. Right. I mean, he's suspicious and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's an investigator. And so Hogarth, (laughs) right, right. And so Hogarth goes into the bathroom to try to get this hand out of here. And so he tries to push it out of the window. It's not really going well. 
And now Annie and Kent are at the bathroom door. Like, are you okay in there? And he's like, this is why it's really important for you to chew your food. Mm -hmm. And the look she gave him. Like, I will cut you over my son. (laughs) Right. Because you can hear him like struggling to push the hand Mm -hmm. out of the window. Mm -hmm. But it sounded like he's really struggling with going to the restroom. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. He's smart. Right. But he eventually gets the hand out of the window and Kent and mom pop in on him in the bathroom and he's able to quickly get his pants down and sit on the toilet and be like, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Privacy. Get out get of out. here. Right. Mm-hmm. And he can. Right. <laughs> and, and it serves him well. Kent got smacked with the door. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. So Kent leaves and he promises to return. I don't like how eager Kent was to see what was going on in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but we'll leave that <laughs> alone. <laughs> right. Um, so later on, Hogarth shares some comics with the robot, most notably Atamo and Superman. Mm-hmm. The Atamo is like a metal robot villain and the giant recognizes that he is similar to Atamo, mm-hmm. but Hogarth is like, no, you're not like Atamo. He's a villain. He's bad. Mm-hmm. And Hogarth is like, no, you're more like Superman. Yeah. You know, you're a hero that saves people. Mm-hmm. And so the robot is hungry. So he picks up Hogarth and they end up going for a midnight metal snack. <laughs> They end up seeing the town of Rockwell and he gets excited to go see it. He starts running towards it and everything. (laughs) Yes. And Hogarth is like, no, "No." (laughs) the town is not ready for you. (laughs) This town cannot handle a big little robot right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So they end up going in a different direction and they come across an old car. But just then uh, Dean comes in with a tow truck to tow the car away. And the robot ends (laughs) up having to hide up against the billboard to disguise himself, which was actually so creative. Yes. Very brilliant. (laughs) Right. So they end up realizing, oh, you know, Dean is a scrap metal guy. He's going to have a yard that has a ton of, you know, metal. Metal. Mm -hmm. So they go to the scrap yard. And it's basically a robot buffet. And as right? <laughs> as the giant is eating a car, the horn goes off <laughs> and they can't silence it. Horn. It's like somebody's just laying on the horn mm-hmm. and he ends up having to throw the car. Who knows where that car landed? I know, right? <laughs> that was funny. He threw the car way off into the distance to get rid of it. But unfortunately, Dean still wakes up mm-hmm. to hear like what's going on. Yeah. Who's out there? Right. Hogarth ends up distracting Dean and Dean kind of invites him into his home. And we find out that Dean turns the scrap into art, Mm -hmm. but people don't want to buy it. So he (laughs) has like this art that people don't really care for. It goes with his like kind of beatnik, you know, attitude. Right. He's very go with the flow. He decides not to report Hogarth to his mom, Mm -hmm. which is irresponsible. (laughs) But he drinks espresso with the kid. Also irresponsible. <laughs> well, he's not a parent, um, so Hogarth. he's not gonna right, <laughs> not gonna That's know true. the right things to do necessarily. Right. But you know. he's talking real fast. The kid is hopped up on espresso, talking about his life. This is where he found out that he was skipped up a grade, and that's why he's smaller than all the other kids mm-hmm. in his class. And they're all kind of bullying him mm-hmm. for being a know-it-all. And he's like, "I just study," yeah. you know. <laughs> so he's just running through, rambling off all these little facts. Yeah. And Dean tells him, "You know, you are who you choose to be." Mm-hmm. And this is interesting coming from a beatnik, and this is actually a really important element of who Dean is. And I'm mm-hmm. really did not pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> Before. Yeah, that's very important throughout the rest of the movie. Right. And so Dean hears something in the scrap 
yard and he goes outside where he sees a large robot. So he grabs Hogarth to protect him, Mm -hmm. but the robot like kind of picks Dean up and needs to be talked down from squishing Dean. (laughs) And Dean is afraid, obviously, but he ends up letting the robot kind of eat the scraps. Mm -hmm. And Dean is freaking out, trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. What to do. Right. It takes him 37 minutes to really think about (laughs) putting up the robot for room and board. (laughs) It's like... This is a robot. That's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. His mind is having a hard time grasping it. Right. But Hogarth is really trying to convince him, like, he needs a place to stay. He needs stuff to eat. I can't bring him home to my mom. Like, I really need you to help me Mm -hmm. with this. Right. So he finally lets the robot spend the night. And by the time Hogarth gets home, the sun is coming Mm -hmm. up. And right as he was getting ready to get in the bed, it's time to get ready for the day. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So when he comes downstairs for breakfast, he finds out that the room that his mom was renting Mm. is actually being rented by Kent (laughs) Mansley, Mm -hmm. which is so unfortunate. And Mansley is really interrogating Hogarth, being annoying. And every time he talks to him, he calls him a different little nickname. (laughs) Sport, champ, slugger, buddy, tiger, skipper, (laughs) like so many different little names that he could call him except Hogarth. And he's literally like breathing down this kid's neck to learn more Mm -hmm. about this metal guy yeah just tragically annoying <laughs> yes so the mom wants hogarth or annie wants hogarth to show mansley the sights the poor little child he's not interested in that he's trying to get away from mansley to get back to dean and the giant and so she's like hogarth why don't you show mr mansley the sights and he's like Oh, mom, the sights. And it was just so hilarious to me. <laughs> and I felt so bad for him because I wouldn't want to show him no sights either. He can get around. Right. I got stuff to do. <laughs> that was right. my take on it. Right. So <laughs> so they end up going to this little pharmacy slash <laughs> retail store, lunch counter slash ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. This place was serving multi-purposes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it has like a little counter where they're drinking milkshakes. And so Hogarth is like, you know, all you got to do is crumble a little chocolate on top. Mm-hmm. And the chocolate that he crumbles on top of Mansley's milkshake is actually like a chocolate laxative. <laughs> And so this part is where I'm really like, this movie is really like not for children. (laughs) Mansley starts to go into this like Cold War paranoia rant Mm -hmm. about how other countries want what the United States has Mm -hmm. and they will send over bombs and robots and all types of technology to come take what we have Mm -hmm. and we're not going to let that happen i'm not going to let that happen to our country i'll bomb it if i have to that he kind of has that attitude mm -hmm. yes and it's crazy because he starts kind of yelling at the kid Mm -hmm. and getting in the kid's face and kind of making a scene in this public lunch counter Mm -hmm. backing him up into a wall and stuff so yeah that was really really creepy right he was and hogarth is kind of like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Hogarth knows what's going on because he knows the robot or whatever. But the way Mansley's acting is just really weird, really strange. It comes across as like a little nationalist too. So the only thing that kind of stops Mansley from going on this rant is like the laxatives kicking mm-hmm. in. So <laughs> he ends up having to run to the bathroom. And finally, Hogarth is free to kind of go yeah, get away. away. Mm-hmm. Like he finally shakes him. Yeah. But this particular scene, does he grab him too? I don't know. I don't think he grabbed him. I think he just had him like, okay. like pinned back against the wall. I think his face was just in Hogarth's face. 
So I don't yeah. think he touched. Still him. very inappropriate with like a child, a child that's not yours. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very strange. But Hogarth is able to escape and get to the scrapyard to see the robot doing arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> because Dean, of course, is an artist who uses the scraps to make art, but he caught the Iron Giant trying to eat one of his art pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Dean does not know about, like, kind of how intelligent the robot is. So at one point, he's telling the robot, like, hey, this is scrap metal. You can eat mm-hmm. it. This is art. Don't, Don't eat, eat it. it. Mm-hmm. And then when the Iron Giant realizes that he's eating a piece of art, he puts it back down and tries to, like, like it up. stretch it out back to, <laughs> right, to its original, like, art form. Mm-hmm. And so Dean realizes, oh, oh he kind good. of understands mm-hmm. me. <laughs> right. So then he, he starts getting the robot to help him with other art pieces. <laughs> and very that's when Hogarth pulls up. It <laughs> is. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, imagine how like the Iron Giant can lift up heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how long is it going to take for Dean to do this stuff? That I'm trying to do it in a second. Really right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Put him to use. Room and board. Right. Like, room and board. Right. You, like you not staying here for, for free. free. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Work for your dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Hogarth, is like there are so much, you know, more better uses mm-hmm. for Giant. this robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he uses the robot as a roller coaster. And so he, you know, gets strapped into like a convertible, puts on a helmet, and the Iron Giant spins around, around, and around. <laughs> and, you know, this is the part during my research where I believe it was the director had to actually shake the child actor who did Hogarth's voice mm-hmm. to make that effect. Oh, like on, he was like him uh, being on a roller coaster. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. He, he did get the child's permission, mm-hmm. but he was literally like shaking the child so he could have that, <laughs> like that yeah. kind of. Come Coming in for landing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he could get that effect on his okay. voice. Interesting. Yeah. So after this, they decide to head to the lake. But in the meantime, Kent is kind of beating the street looking for signs of this metal man while he has the bubble guts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So he ends up coming across Hogarth's camera. If you remember earlier, Hogarth was trying to take a picture mm-hmm. of this of iron giant. giant. So mm-hmm. because he got scared of the robot, he ended up leaving the camera in the woods. But back at the lake, Dean, Hogarth and the robot are there. Kind of going swimming. Dean is set up with like a chair and a newspaper or whatever, just kind of chilling. Chilling, mm-hmm. you know. He's like, I'm just here to supervise. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not getting in the water. I'm just here to kind of chaperone, mm-hmm. right? And so Hogarth does a cannonball into some really cold water, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Come on in, no, water. Like this, <laughs> the water is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. While he's shaking and, and so, trembling. Right, right. And so the robot, because he is very into like mimicking mimicking a lot of the things that Hogarth mm-hmm. does, he ends up going back into the woods and uh, Hogarth thinks it's because the robot is scared, mm-hmm. but it's actually because he's getting a running start <laughs> so that he can do a cannonball into little this, lake. this little lake. <laughs> and the cannonball makes this, I really love the sound effects of the cannonball in this moment, mm-hmm. but it makes this big whooshing noise mm-hmm. and like a huge wave, <laughs> almost like a tidal wave mm-hmm. comes out and it washes over and like floods the, the surrounding the area, road. including Dean. <laughs> yes. Dean sees this large wave and he really can't do anything he about it. He just puts the newspaper over his face. <laughs> yes. He's just accepting his fate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, basically. And it ends up washing Dean into like the middle of the road. <laughs> We also see a raccoon swimming <laughs> through the water too, which we could probably assume was his previous pet raccoon, <laughs> Hogarth's. So yeah, this is like another instance of like not really knowing your strength, 
Yeah. Hogarth is up on a tree branch talking about how cool it was. <laughs> he's just having a good time mm-hmm. with his pet robot. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize the danger he's actually in. <laughs> just having fun. Right. He ain't hanging on for dear life to the fir tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, in the meantime, Kent has set up a dark room in the bathroom mm-hmm. of, you know, the Hughes home where he's developing the photos from Hogarth's camera. And he ends up finding a selfie of Hogarth <laughs> with the robot. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> he has, proof. you know, actual proof. Mm-hmm that this huge metal man exists. And because Photoshop was not around in 1957, it had to be a picture of something (laughs) real. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So we switch over to Hogarth and the robot just kind of hanging out in nature, taking in the sights, and they come across a deer. And so the robot kind of has a tender moment with the deer before some hunters come along and kill it with guns. Mm. When they see the robot, they kind of hunters scurry off. And now Hogarth has to explain that the hunters shot and killed the deer with the gun that they ended up leaving behind while they were scared. Mm. And so the robot gets mad seeing the gun and his eyes start to narrow and turn red. But then... As Hogarth is talking to him, like, what's going on? He kind of comes back to his senses. Mm -hmm. And so now the Iron Giant kind of associates guns with death, which is pretty much right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we see that this is the first time we see that there's like a different side to this Iron Giant. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a preview. Right. I love how Hogarth has to, he explains it to him in a beautiful way, you know, to where he understands. Like, it was another scene going back where Hogarth is talking to giant in the barn with the comic books he's saying you know how he was talking about you know you seem to feel things you know you have a soul you know so it's like in this part where he's explaining it to him what his mom taught him about souls and it just really really touched me because he said mom said that oh we're not at that oh, part yet. are we not we're almost okay, there sorry <laughs> we're almost there okay <laughs> so yeah it was almost to that point okay yeah, well, what mom was talking about is that later that night, I believe they're at the scrapyard and the robot is obviously like feeling bad for the mm-hmm. deer and feeling feeling sad about experiencing that loss. And so Hogarth tells him that like, it's bad to kill, but it's not bad to die. And that's when he starts to go into the spiel about, you know, you seem to have feelings. So it looks like you have a soul and your soul will never mm-hmm. die. So that's where he's out here kind of like teaching life lessons about, yeah, a you nine-year-old. Know, <laughs> right? Yeah, what it means to like be alive you know alive or like what it means to experience death or grief so yeah that was actually really sweet Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so hogarth ends up going home and he goes to put his bike in the shed but then suddenly Mm. kent mansley who's also in the shed locks himself and the kid Mm. in there to interrogate him and i'm like "Mm, annie you're kind of irresponsible for bringing this weirdo into (laughs) your house just the way that he was interrogating the Mm -hmm. kid like would have already gave me weird vibes like there was something off Mm -hmm. about him but i guess she needed the money yeah but mansley basically says i can do what i want when i want because i work for the Mm -hmm. government and he shows him the picture that he developed and he basically threatens to take him away from his Mm -hmm. mom if he doesn't tell him where the robot is and under the pressure, Hogarth reveals that the robot is in the scrapyard. And then hmm. Manly uses chloroform kid to out. knock the mm-hmm. kid out. Terrible. And I was like, okay, it's official. Not a this is movie. not a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff going on yeah. on here. You have the historical context. Um, you have a paranoia and war. You have... A agent who's willing to do anything. basically anything it takes 
including yelling at a kid in public, Threats. trapping that mm-hmm. kid inside of a an enclosed structure, which is illegal, mm-hmm. and also using drugs mm-hmm. on the kid. Right. Chloroform. Chloroform. Yeah. This is not a kid's movie. <laughs> Teenagers, maybe. Yeah, that was... No, not for little ones. No, no. Hogarth ends up waking up in his bed to hear Mansley talking to his boss about sending in the troops. The army is going to be there in the morning because Mansley actually has a picture and a location for where this giant is. So then Mansley and Hogarth end up doing this weird kind of stare down. <laughs> they are in bedrooms that are like directly across the hall from each other. And Hogarth wants to leave because he needs to warn Dean that the army is coming to find this robot tomorrow. But Mansley has nailed the window shut in his bedroom to keep Hogarth from going anywhere. Yeah. Fire has it. First of all, that's not your home. Why are you doing this? You know, right. That's not your child. Right. You know, violation. Absolutely. So at this point, we end up seeing a picture of who we believe to be Hogarth's dad on his night table. This man appears to be a fighter Mm -hmm. pilot who maybe fought in World War II, but for whatever reason, he just isn't around anymore. We assume that he Mm -hmm. died, not necessarily in battle, possibly, possibly. based on how old Hogarth is. His father would have had to come back from World War II to conceive him. So he died sometime after. But he is wearing his dad's helmet <laughs> to basically symbolize him being ready to go to war with Mansley. <laughs> they end up both kind of falling mm-hmm. asleep during this stare down. And suddenly it's morning, but Hogarth was able to trick <laughs> Mansley. And it turns out he snuck away to prepare for the army's arrival. So Annie, the mom, is annoyed to find the army mm-hmm. in her front yard. So this is really interesting. Why did he tell the army to come to Annie's house instead of like meeting at the scrapyard? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but Anyways, this same day, the army pulls up to the scrapyard, obviously looking for a weapon of mass destruction. Mm -hmm. And Dean, as always, is cool as a cucumber. (laughs) So when they go looking for the robot, the Iron Giant is actually posed as a large metal sculpture Mm -hmm. that Dean is planning to sell to some industrialists. So Dean has gotten his story together. Mm -hmm. They were able to put like a few little additional metal pieces on him to make Mm -hmm. him look like an art piece. It was actually creative. Very, Mm -hmm. yes, very good idea. And so Mansley, of course, ends up getting chewed out and fired for wasting millions of taxpayer dollars, bringing them out there for a hoax. At this moment, I actually feel a little sad yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a compassion. Again. Yeah. Right. He was dejected, basically. Because he was like, yes, right. sir. Actually, yeah, I did really feel sorry for him in that moment. Because he was telling the yeah. truth. <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, Annie is admiring Dean's art, as unartistic as it may be. But this is the first sign that they have like a little romance <laughs> starting. And she's relieved to know that this is what Hogarth was talking mm-hmm. about. The army ends up leaving and, you know, they feel like the worst is over. So Hogarth wants to play with the Iron Giant and he has this little like laser mm-hmm. gun. I haven't seen toys like this in a long time where like when you pull the trigger, it does this spinning, mm-hmm. like spinning kind of mechanism. It's an old type of toy. Yeah. But he kind of wants to play, you know, mm-hmm. with guns Villains and, and good say, guys. Like, pew, pew, I'm a mm-hmm. Tom. Yeah. Right, right. That, you know. <laughs> and when he... <laughs> When he's playing with this gun, the Iron Giant sees it and he sees it as a threat because he, again, associates guns with Mm -hmm. danger and theft and does not recognize it to be a toy in this moment. And so the toy ends up not working right and Hogarth kind of ducks away to try to Mm -hmm. fix it right as the Iron Giant kind of turns into a weapon and shoots laser beams that almost kill Mm -hmm. Hogarth. Dean, who's working on some artwork, ends up seeing right. this and the robot kind of returns to normal when the gun mm-hmm. is out of sight. 
So when this almost happens again, because the boy is able to <laughs> yeah. fix his gun, Dean saves Hogarth's life from being yeah. evaporated, mm-hmm. obliterated, by a laser beam. <laughs> yes, yes, by a laser beam. And he tells the robot, "You need to get mm-hmm. out of here." And he's like, "You are basically a big gun." And this is the first time that anyone is actually seeing what the giant can do. The Iron Giant is capable mm-hmm. of. Right. And there's also this element of like even the giant not really Mm -hmm. knowing what he's capable of too. But Dean is being very responsible and protective and is like, you need to get Mm -hmm. out of here. You need to leave. The giant is like, I am not a gun. You know, you can hear him say, I am not a gun. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. Why he's doing the things he's doing. Right. And even Hogarth doesn't seem to understand the severity of what's going on. It kind of came across as if Hogarth didn't even really see the laser. I don't think he saw it at all. I don't think he saw it either. But he did see the hole Mm -hmm. that (laughs) that laser beam put in that school bus in that scrapyard. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it immediately starts snowing as the giant kind of slowly starts kind of walking away because he is being kind of outcast from the scrapyard Mm -hmm. because he's a danger to everybody up in there. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's right. sad. It was sad, yeah, but at the same time, sad. it was understandable, you know, Right. until they could mm-hmm. figure things out. Right. And so Hogarth decides to chase after the robot. And then Dean kind of realizes that the robot was only reacting to the gun. Like he had been fine the whole time. The whole but time. when he saw the gun, that's when, mm-hmm. you know. He got set off. Right. He was triggered. Right. So, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so Dean gets on his motorcycle and he picks up the kid to go get the robot. And I was like, I don't know. If the robot being reactive makes it better, per se, he's still actually very dangerous. Mm -hmm. But I get it. They formed a bond with a robot. So at this point, there are a couple of kids, random kids from the town that are out with binoculars. And they are hanging off the side of the building when they see the metal monster on a roof. And while they are like looking, the railing on the roof breaks and they end up hanging from the strap on the the binoculars binoculars Mm -hmm. on like maybe a two or three story building. So the children are in danger Mm -hmm. and the iron giant hears that they are in danger Mm -hmm. and he runs over and right as they start to fall, the robot saves them from falling. He catches them. And so (laughs) the army is leaving. And because the Iron Giant is in the middle of the town and kind of towers over the town, so tall. he mm-hmm. sees the robot in his rearview mirror mm-hmm. and he ends up causing a crash <laughs> with, you know, a number of the vehicles. army vehicles. Mm-hmm. Because now he's literally, this is the first time he's actually laid eyes on the moving kind mm-hmm. of like giant. Iron giant. And so now, mm-hmm. right now they have to Turn believe back. him. Here's the point where... He hops out of the car, shows the other people in the army, the robot, and he says he's stomping the town. He's attacking. How did he know that from there? Right. <laughs> Propaganda. So here's where I want to tell people. So I used to be a 911 dispatcher, and I want to say that when you call 911, you cannot be putting 20 on 10. <laughs> when you're calling for help. You need to put the right amount of severity on something that it has. That's how people end up getting hurt or in situations they shouldn't be in. Mm -hmm. Because when you call the cops and you tell them that a situation is more serious than it actually is, Mm -hmm. the police are on high alert. And that means that tensions are higher and that more mistakes can get made. So if you're calling 911, accurately describe the severity of the situation because that's how people end up dying. Yeah, that's very good advice. Right. So So Hogarth and Dean show up and the robot says, I am not a gun. 
Mm-hmm. And right as things are kind of calming down in the town, and the town is like, oh, he rescued these children. Like, mm-hmm. he's friendly. Trying to, yeah, f- you know, figuring that stuff out. The army shoots him with like a cannon or a missile or yep, something. Just out of the blue. From a no tank. warning. Just bam. Right. And they just start attacking him right away. Hogarth is actually in the robot's hands, hands mm-hmm. as he's running away to avoid the attacks. So Dean runs over and tries to tell Kent that the weapons are going to agitate and trigger the robot. But Kent really isn't trying to hear it. To be fair, he's been fooled by Dean once already. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Didn't think about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I can understand why he didn't listen to him. Mm -hmm. But Kent promises to tell the general that Hogarth is actually with the robot and that the robot is reactive to the guns. Mm -hmm. But instead, (laughs) Kent tells the general that the robot has killed a kid. Mm -hmm. Such a lie. Right. They even get the president involved and jets get deployed to the area. Mm-hmm. So the giant and the kid end up almost falling off of a cliff trying to avoid, you know, being, being shot. attacked. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the giant ends up figuring out that he can fly right before they hit the water. And so Hogarth is really <laughs> so excited happy. about that. You can fly. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of this movie is about like the self-discovery of the giant. The the dent that was in his head was what they used to explain him not understanding who he was or like what he was capable of anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So as time is going on, they're learning more about his abilities, mm-hmm. and they're really going to learn more about his <laughs> yeah. capabilities in, in a little bit. <laughs> right. So they end up flying, and Hogarth's really excited about it until the jets show up and start shooting him in the sky. Mm-hmm. And the robot at one point really has to stop himself from turning into a weapon, mm-hmm. and he's actually successful. Yeah. For a little bit, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really, really interesting. There are so many people who claim that they can't control their rage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, (laughs) you can have some regulation of your emotions. (laughs) That's like a skill that you need to learn. Mm -hmm. That we all need to learn. Yeah. Just like the basis of the movie that Dean taught Hogarth and Hogarth taught the giant. You are who you choose to be. Right. But unfortunately, one of the kind of missiles that hits them while they are flying kind of shoots him out of the sky. Mm -hmm. And so both Hogarth and the robot fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And so the army realizes that they knocked the giant down and they head to the area to look at the robot and see like what they're dealing with. They kind of think that they've got him down. Mm-hmm. But when the robot wakes up, he sees that Hogarth is actually unconscious. Mm-hmm. But because the giant doesn't know what that means, he thinks that he's dead because he kind of touches his body the same way he touched that deer's mm-hmm. body right. when the deer head was dead. So he thinks that Hogarth he's is dead. not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the army shows up and starts shooting at him when they realize that he's he down. is not. Mm-hmm. He's right, not, he's not paying down attention. for good. Mm-hmm. He's not paying attention right. to mm-hmm. Like a sucker punch. Right. But he's so overwhelmed with grief that he ends up turning into like this huge multifaceted <laughs> weapon. Mm-hmm. And this is the point where you can kind of tell that it's intergalactic because these weapons are not of this world. <laughs> these weapons would not have been invented in 1957. Okay? At all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to describe so i'm going to do the best i can but one of his arms is like a weird gun the other one is like this weird kind of like fork ish structure that generates a ball of energy Mm -hmm. that vaporizes stuff yeah there's these three like kind of antenna that are like around the neck area that come out that also shoot missiles Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the army starts retreating and kent is so scared (laughs) 
he was really pompous at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, but right now he's, he's just coward. very cowardly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's really, really scared and showing some real cowardice. And in the meantime, Dean and Annie end up finding Hogarth. And this is where we learn that he's just unconscious. Mm-hmm. And then the Iron Giant also has this kind of record scratching weapon. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I know, right? <laughs> I don't remember what I'm talking about, but <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. Mm-hmm. There is also a like battleship in the water off the coast of the town that is also shooting missiles and, or artillery, whatever you want to call them, at the giant as well. I don't know when it got there. <laughs> I know. I know they called they called the the president and the president sent the jets, but they must have also sent the ship and it must have just been close by, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Mansley had um, made mention so the, of a ship that was not far off. He did make mention of that, that was a different thing. He made mention of the Nautilus, which turned out to be a submarine, submarine, which was a different thing. But when the ship starts shooting at the robot, the robot goes towards it to attack it. And so his focus is kind of off the town for right now. Mm -hmm. So Kent is like, we need to bomb this robot with a bomb from the Nautilus. They're nearby. They can do it. And the general is like, there's a lot of people in this town. Mm-hmm. We can't just bomb this whole place. Right. And he's like, well, the robot appears to attack things that are attacking it so we can draw it away from the town and blow it up. Mm-hmm. So the general is like, you know, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like this before. Right. Let's get this bomb ready mm-hmm. at least. Right. And so they call the Nautilus and the Nautilus is like, we're waiting, you know, we're ready for your command. Yeah. So Hogarth is in the truck with Annie and Dean and he ends up waking up and they're like, we need to get you to a hospital. You're basically knocked out of the sky. You know, he could have <laughs> like, a concussion. No, and be like, <laughs> not going. Right. Mm-hmm. You have broken bones, something. Mm-hmm. And when they try to go into the town, the army has kind of cordoned off the town mm-hmm. and Hogarth and all of the kind of commotion ends up to sneak past them. And he is running towards the Iron Giant. Hogarth ends up saving the battleship from being <laughs> annihilated by this huge ball of like laser energy. Mm-hmm, coming out, yeah. <laughs> right. Because Hogarth distracts mm-hmm. him, that ball of energy misses the boat yeah. by like a hair. He lost his and aim. And you see like an explosion <laughs> off in the distance. And I was like, there is a bird so somewhere <laughs> that is just <laughs> did dead. not make it. Some seals or right. something out there. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. But the robot aims one of his arm guns at Hogarth and Hogarth is like, you're not a gun. You don't have to be a mm-hmm. gun. You are who you choose to be. And the robot kind of like comes back to himself and changes back to normal mm-hmm. and recognizes, okay, this is my friend. He's right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this yeah, way. He's alive. And so, so. Hogarth, <laughs> right. Oh, also, yes, he is alive. Yeah. But the whole reason he turned into, you know, the weapon part of mm-hmm. him was because he thought Hogarth was, was dead. dead. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess there also is some relief. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And so Hogarth is like, we need to go and repair your reputation. Yeah, we need to show them that you're good. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. So now the general has Kent in one ear saying, we need to attack this robot. We have Dean in his other ear saying that we need to stand down mm-hmm. so that he doesn't attack again mm-hmm. because all of this is just going to get started oh. all over again if y'all attack mm-hmm. him. And then we have the troops that are awaiting the general's command and they're like, you need to tell us what to do because the giant is coming back. Mm-hmm. So the general has to make, you know, a split decision or whatever. But then when the general sees that the kid is alive, mm-hmm. he tells the troops yeah. to stand down. Mm-hmm. And so right then the Nautilus calls in and they're like on the radio and they're like, hey, like we're waiting for your command. What do you want us to do? Mansley takes the radio 
Mm-hmm. that they're using to communicate call the Nautilus, mm-hmm. right? And he orders them to launch the missile anyway. And in a split second, they press, press the, button the button to launch the missile mm-hmm. that is currently targeted to the robot's current Present. position, mm-hmm. meaning that the town and everyone in it is going to be destroyed by a huge bomb. And so he was so eager to kill this robot that he ended up doing a death sentence to an entire town of people people. with him in it. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And suddenly he's like, well, we got shelters we can go to. And the general is like, do you know what type of missile this is? We're not going to survive this. Right. You're not going to survive it. So when Kent finally realizes that he's going to die too, he's like, screw our country. (laughs) (laughs) Cause the general is like, you're about to die for your country the same way. Everybody else will. You know, we all Mm -hmm. are. Right. And he's like, screw that. (laughs) Screw the country. I'm getting out Mm -hmm. of here. And he tries to use one of the army vehicles to leave, but the iron giant like stops the Jeep with his hand. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're not going anywhere. And so some of the other troops actually have to restrain him. And so then the bomb alarm in the town goes off and the town is preparing to literally be bombed the way that they said other people were trying to bomb Mm -hmm. them. Like the bomb alarm is there in case like the Russians or whoever, Mm -hmm. you know, bomb bomb the town. But it's actually your own people. Bombing you. That be Mm -hmm. (laughs) bombing the town. (laughs) So crazy. And it's like, y'all, what is crazy? I'm so worried about, you know, right. So worried about foreign people coming and taking what America has, mm-hmm. you know, in air quotes. But you're not even paying attention that we got crazy people in our domestic terrorism, mm-hmm. you know, right. <laughs> crazy people in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. So Hogarth ends up having to explain to the giant that when the missile comes down, everybody in the town is going to die and even a shelter won't help. And so everybody in the town is literally, I can't imagine what it feels like to be in the moment knowing that you and everything you love, your home, everything is all going to be annihilated in second. one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel in that moment. Yeah. After he explains to Giant, you know, I saw the part where Giant was standing over them and he looked down over the crowd and I could feel his compassion for the people. And to me, you know, being a Christian, this is where... It made me feel how Jesus looked down on us and had compassion on us and did what he did for us without going too much further into the movie. So you can take that part, mm-hmm. you know, to say what uh, he did. Okay. And then I might come back and finish what my point is with this. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I can definitely see that connection. Well, eventually the robot says to Hogarth, you stay. I go, no following. <laughs> Same thing he said <laughs> to, to kind him. Of, right, earlier in the movie. And he says that to Hogarth as he plans to stop the missile from destroying the town. He flies into the sky like Superman to meet the missile. And he says, you are who you choose to be. Or he hears that in his mind. You are who you choose to be. Mm-hmm. And he collides with the missile in the air. And the town ends up being saved. At this moment in the story, I'm fighting back tears (laughs) because it was like a very kind of intense Mm -hmm. moment where like, oh, everyone in the town is going to die. And this giant who, for whatever reason, has feelings Mm -hmm. and, you know, appears to have a soul makes like a really big sacrifice for the town. Mm -hmm. So it was just very sweet. And everyone in the town and the troops in the army are like, I'm so glad I'm alive. (laughs) Like, 
They are they so are, yeah. happy mm-hmm. to be alive. Screaming. Yeah. Uh, did you want to say more? So, would, like you said, the sacrifice. It's like the sacrifice of Christ for us. Those people down there, they didn't know better. They didn't recognize the good that they had. You know, yes, although he was a weapon, he was on their weapon when he was triggered to be the weapon. So he could have been utilized for something really good, but he ended up sacrificing himself for most people who wouldn't have accepted him. And Christ, you know, wasn't accepted by his own people at first. So just, it was that connection. That was a connection to me. And I guess that was one of the parts of it that made me so drawn to it. Why it's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. movies because of the, you know, correlation in there. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see the connection between those two things. So, yeah, I don't know how much later we are in the timeline when we switch to the next scene. But Dean ends up building a statue of Hogarth and the giant that gets placed in what looks like the town Mm -hmm. center to honor the sacrifice of the giant. And so it's, again, sometime later. And Dean and Annie are Mm -hmm. dating (laughs) at this point, which is nice because Dean did come across as like a positive male figure in Hogarth's Mm -hmm. life. And Hogarth at this point also has friends, which is also something that I didn't really mm-hmm. notice before. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, if you have a, a pet robot, like a giant pet robot who saves the town, like, of course, kids are going <laughs> to be your exactly. friend now. He's the cool yeah. kid now. <laughs> right. Right. So things seem better for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, Annie and Dean are together. Hogarth has a better social life. And the general ended up sending Hogarth the only part of the Iron Giant that was recovered from the explosion, mm-hmm. which is a script. And Hogarth expresses that he misses yeah. him. So later on, we don't know how much later this is, but we flip to Hogarth's bedroom at night where there is some thudding in his room. And we see that the screw he received from the general is rolling, beeping and lighting up to indicate (laughs) that the robot is reassembling himself. And so we have some hope at the end of this story. And so they show us this place. I'm not going to pronounce this right. It's like Langakul Glacier in Iceland where his parts are coming together and the movie ends. So the movie ends on a positive note yes i was so glad <laughs> <laughs> yes mom is like a, a sucker for a happy ending <laughs> yeah i'm a crier so <laughs> yeah i get that from you but i think it yeah. mine is toned down a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah that's the end of the movie y'all and at the mm-hmm. end of every review we ask if the movie is worth a rewatch and if it holds up today mom what do you think yes i believe it holds up for today especially now I think people would get a lot more context with it because a lot has changed. A lot has happened from 1999 up until this year with all the things that's going on in the world. It's really more relatable. So, yes, it is worth a rewatch. And I believe it needs to be re-rated, basically, (laughs) because I didn't know what the ratings were until you mentioned them at the beginning of the podcast. But Well, we'll wait till we get there because the ratings might surprise you a little bit. Okay. But yeah, it is worth a rewatch. And it's also worth a part two. No. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I want to know what happened to Mansley. Oh, I will say that is a piece where I'm like, we need to know what happened to Mansley. I need to know what happened to him. (laughs) I need to know what happened to him. And you know how things went with Annie and Dean and where's the robot now? Mm -hmm. You know, how long did it take to get his pieces all together? And will he go back and visit Hogarth? And you know, just things like that. I mean, even if he returns to where he came from, you know, a good peaceful ending. It's probably not likely, but 
Just yeah, I don't think it's likely. <laughs> I also don't think it's necessary. I think we ended on a good note, a positive. Yeah, note. yeah, that he is alive. Right. So yeah, <laughs> and I think I'm almost sick of sequels. Low key, I feel like people need to do mm-hmm. more original works. Even though the Iron Giant is not original, it was based on a book, but so many elements of the mm-hmm. story have changed that it's kind of its own thing. But mm-hmm. like, we'll stop it with the sequels and the, <laughs> the remakes. Like, do something <laughs> new. Like. <laughs> Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, for me, the movie is definitely worth a rewatch. I was literally blown away by how many kind of adult things and how much historical context that I missed the first time around. Mm-hmm. I think I was low-key so stunned by that, that it was hard for me to kind of be invested in the characters like I was before. But even still, I was almost tearing up at the end when the Iron Giant sacrificed himself for the town. So I think if yeah. you liked this movie as a child, you need to rewatch it to grasp the historical context context of the cold war this kind of mass paranoia how it impacted you know the country both young and old but as far as Mm -hmm. it holding up today i'm going to say yes the story itself holds up today even with the movie being set in 1957 there's something really relevant about the idea of nationalism war propaganda and paranoia Mm -hmm. So I will say that even though I believe it holds up overall, I do not think it holds up as a children's movie. Like if right. I had a child, I probably wouldn't have them watch this movie till they were 11, 10, 11 years old or until they covered like the Cold War in like social studies or something like that so that they could really fully mm-hmm. grasp like everything that was going mm-hmm. on in the movie. Right. A child gets drugged in this movie. So I, <laughs> I really don't know how appropriate <laughs> it is of it. Yeah. Just personally. Mm-hmm. Hogarth has like a lot of freedom. Annie lets a strange man move into her home, knowing that she couldn't really supervise her son around him that often. Kent entraps <laughs> and manipulates a child and drugs him. Hogarth almost dies mm-hmm. multiple times in this movie. And, yeah. you know, with the historical context, I think if you're a young child, you're not going to get it. And there's even mm-hmm. a little part where Kent stares at Annie's boobs. So <laughs> it's like, you know, as a kid, <laughs> the only thing I really focused on was like the bond between the robot and the child. Right. And so I think that's what most of us focus on and witness. But as an adult, like I said, I don't know how appropriate this is for like younger children. Right. But there are still really funny, lighthearted moments that make the story really endearing. I enjoyed Dean's beatnik and like kind, laid back attitude. They kind of... Yeah separated him from like the kind of mindset of like being paranoid from the war and just you know his attitude really (laughs) made him different i didn't say this earlier but dean was voiced by harry connick jr which is very interesting to me but i do feel like dean also was like a little irresponsible because he was keeping secrets from annie but (laughs) but overall i really enjoyed his character kent again is a fantastic villain because he represents the attitude of a lot of americans that are like really so afraid of foreign threats and are so consumed with nationalism that it's really us who we need to worry about. <laughs> like, we really need to be worried about ourselves. <laughs> He's a coward. He uses power and manipulation to cover up his inadequacies. Yeah. Nobody likes him. And even when he's Mm. right people hate him so much that they can't take him seriously (laughs) so so as an adult watching this through a critical lens it is a good movie i did enjoy it but i don't think it's totally appropriate for younger kids but as a kid i didn't really notice those things so you give it a rewatch and you be the judge but now we'll talk a little bit about the critics the critics over at rotten tomatoes gave it a 96 percent and the audience gave it a 90 percent what do you think about those ratings hmm See, I told you they would surprise you, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, they did. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but like you said, I didn't realize that it had came out the same time as The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. You the know, same day. I saw both of those movies. I saw both of those movies. So I didn't realize that, though. So, yeah, when I guess when two good movies come out, it is kind of hard, I guess, to get one would probably suffer as opposed to the other one. So right. I guess with people coming or going to watch it or whatever. So, yeah, yeah that was interesting. It's an interesting fact and an interesting factor to why it didn't gross as much, I'm guessing. so Right, right. When you have yeah. a movie that has it's such a... a- unexpected twist like the sixth sense the type of buzz Mm -hmm. that it gets people are going to go and not only see Mm -hmm. the sixth sense they're going to go see it a second time so that they can re look at Mm -hmm. the movie to be like they may have missed right Mm -hmm. because spoiler alert if you have not watched the sixth sense bruce willis's character is basically dead for the whole movie so people are going to go back to the theater to be like there's no way he was dead the whole time and they're going to go back and look at it and Mm -hmm. be like okay, maybe this is, I could understand him being dead now. Because when you watch the movie the second time after you know what the twist is, then you're looking for other things and you're watching the movie Mm -hmm. with like a whole different mindset. So The Sixth Sense did like a little hurting on The Iron Giant. However, the critics gave it a really high rating. I think it's a little high, personally. I really do enjoy this movie. But because it's darker Mm -hmm. than a lot of other movies and has like a a more kind of darker theme, Mm -hmm. I would give it more like an 88 just because I question like the appropriateness of this for children, the history and like the more adult themes. What would you rate it? Was it rated PG or PG-13? I actually am know? not I don't sure. Remember. Let me see. I don't remember what the rating was. Because what to be so high, maybe the people who did watch it went in with more of an understanding of it. It's PG. Just PG? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to say there's even a curse word. In here, too. I don't think I heard anybody that said, I don't think I heard was hell from General Rogard when he was screaming at, uh, (laughs) (laughs) screaming at Mansley. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, how would you rate the movie? Well, I'm up here with Rotten Tomatoes. I say about 96, 95. Okay. Percent. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, good stuff. Well, overall, I really do like this movie and I enjoyed watching it. Well, that is all, Home Slices. Thanks so much for listening to our review of The Iron Giant featuring my mom. Did you rewatch? So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Did you rewatch <laughs> The Iron Giant recently? Does it still hold up for you? Share your thoughts with us on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We want to hear from you. I want to say a super special thanks to my mom for being here today to share her thoughts on one of her favorite movies. Say bye, mom. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Of course. Join us next week when I review the 1997 film Soul Food, just in time for Thanksgiving. You don't want to miss it. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices. Home slices.